This is the Life Truth Network. Truth Exposed, Episode 51. Truth Exposed, a feature of Quest for Truth, where we take a deep dive into Scripture. Now located at life-truth.com. Here are your hosts, Keith Heltsley and Nathan Caldwell. Welcome, buddy. Welcome. This is your host, Keith, and it is time for Truth Exposed. And hey, we are back to take a deep dive, a look at John chapter 14. So we will get right to that uh, in a few moments. Before we do, I uh, want to say that you will hear from our co-host, Nathan Caldwell. And uh, as usual, our favorite long-deceased radio Bible teacher of the airwaves, Jay Verda McGee. Uh, his uh, ministry is still out there going strong through the Bible Ministries, dtb.org. And you can c- continue to listen to his teachings uh, out there even today. And uh, if you wanted to grab his full collection of teachings, you can find that by going to uh, your Apple podcast app and search for Jay Vernon McGee, uh, and you will find uh, that they, he has posted all of his uh, five-year teaching study for all to enjoy and uh, read through, uh, either binging it all or going through uh, five years to get through it all but anyway uh with that i also wanted to mention that last time i did notice that my microphone kept doing this awkward cutting in and out thing i managed to patch a little piece of it uh this week i actually patched up a lot more (laughs) Uh, although i don't know why it it likes to periodically uh, randomly without notice just kind of take a little uh, crackle and dip out. Uh, but it is a lot better this week. Uh, I think uh, uh, installing a driver update helped uh, significantly. I, I think they need to update drivers still. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, a little technical note there for those who are concerned about that kind of a thing. Uh, but hey, we do want to mention our fellow podcasters there at the Christian Podcast Community dot com, where you'll hear some uh, voices and resources that sound much like these right here. Hey, I'm Daryl, and I'm here with my wife Karen. What's up? And we're the hosts of the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, the podcast that seeks to answer the question that we all ask: What are we even doing here? We cover topics such as marriage, family, life, and living a Christian life in this crazy world. We don't have all the answers, but we know where to look. Subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud as we seek the kingdom of God and find out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. This is the Bible Sojourner, where we discuss issues related to the Bible, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Peter Gaiman professor of Old Testament and Biblical Languages at Shepherd's Theological Seminary. Shalom and welcome. Thanks for joining. 
You can also find out more about me and the Bible Sojourner blog and podcast at petergaming.com. And you can also find out more about Shepherd's Theological Seminary at shepherds.edu. Who knows? Maybe you could take a class with uh, Mike and I. So I look forward to uh, seeing your interactions with this book online. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. The good news is, Striving for Eternity would love to come to your church to spend two days with your folks teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting scripture. The bad news is, somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 29.11 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area. Main topic. Let's go from John chapter 14, starting at verse 4 through verse 7. Maybe verse 8. And you know the way where I'm going. Now the Lord Jesus said, And whither I go you know, and the way you know. And he's just lifting these men to the heights because you see there in the upper room the shadow of the cross had fallen athwart that little company and sin was knocking at the door of the upper room demanding its pound of flesh. And our Lord is attempting to lift them from the here and now to the hereafter. He's attempting to lift them from the material to the spiritual, from the earthly to the heavenly. And now he says, whither I go, you know, in the way you know. But they're sitting there, another man, in another apostle. And this man, every time we see him, he's asking a question, raising a doubt. Oh, Doubting Thomas, we call him. He had a question mark for a brain. Took our Lord a long time to make an exclamation mark out of it, but he did. Where Jesus says, and you know the way, we can refer to John sixteen twenty eight. I came forth from the Father and come into the world. I am leaving the world again and going to the Father. We can also refer to Luke twenty four twenty six. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter his glory? And Jesus says, Where I am going in John three sixteen and seventeen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Uh, also in John 10, verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Um, one of the most vital questions we can ask in our lifetime is, where are you going when you die? To determine the answer, we must ask another crucial question. Who is Jesus to you? The next chapter shows so much hope. But it also sheds a clear light into the true nature of who Jesus really is. Because you see, Thomas asks him in verse 5, he says, Lord, we know not whether you go... How can we know the way? I don't know about you, but I'm glad he was there that day and asked that question because it's a good question. 
And it's a question that I think I'd want to have asked had I been there. And if he hadn't asked it, we never would have had John fourteen six. And I'm glad we have it. In verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Now, the phrase there, Thomas said to him, let's just uh, take a, a bit of a snapshot of Thomas. Now, if you remember back in John 11, as we were going through our study here, uh, it was the passage where Lazarus was raised. And there's this, uh, Thomas shows up there, and he is willing to die if it meant going back to Jerusalem uh, to, to uh, have Jesus heal Lazarus. But here uh, we're going to refer to John uh, 20, verses 25 to 28. Uh, so the other disciples were saying to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe, Thomas said to them. Uh, After eight days, the disciples again were gathered and Thomas was with them and Jesus came. The doors were shut and Jesus stood in the midst and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believing. Pause right there. You know, Thomas was skeptical. He was doubtful. He demanded a sign. He wanted a physical touch and pick up evidence and examine it uh, or he was not going to believe. But when Jesus showed up, he offered him exactly what Thomas demanded as evidence but what did Thomas need as evidence? In verse 28, and Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. He didn't even have to touch the physical evidence he demanded, even though Jesus offered it. Just seeing the risen Jesus was enough. So uh, this is how doubtful uh, Thomas was. He wasn't really doubtful. He was probably more uh, boasting a little bit. Uh, expressing his skepticism. But anyway, let's continue on with some references here as well. Where uh, it says, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Well, in Luke 24, 25, he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. In Hebrews 5, 11 and 12, concerning him, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Sorry, it's just a humorous to me. They've become dull of hearing. They have a lot of hard things to say. Uh, verse 12. Uh, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Now, was Thomas really in that state? Uh, well, he he was putting on the air of not hearing and, and having the need for milk. But Jesus knew. Jesus gave him what he asked for but he didn't need it. And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, you get a lot of people who say, you know, Jesus is a good man, or Jesus is a prophet, but nothing more. Or Jesus was a good teacher, or nothing more. No mere teacher or mere prophet would make this claim. And no good teacher or good prophet 
who was a teacher or prophet alone would ever make this claim. Because you see, Jesus claimed deity and divinity. Because he said, I am the way to the Father. I mean, if he isn't God, then that is some gallish stuff. Some real stuck-up arrogance there. But you see, it's not. Because Jesus is God. He proved that when he rose from the dead. Verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way into truth and to life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And as short as a verse as that is, there is a lot to unpack here because Scripture has an awful lot to say about that. Jesus said to him, I am the way. In John 10, 9, again, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Ephesians 2.18, for through him we for through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. Uh, Hebrews 7.25, therefore he, therefore he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Now, where Jesus says he's the truth, John 1 14 says, oh, I'm sorry, uh, 14 through 17. Uh, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as if the only begot from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Uh, John eight thirty two, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. John fifteen one, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. First John one eight, if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Revelation 3, 7 and 14. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one will open, says this to the angel. And of course, he delivers a letter to that church later. In verse 14, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, says this. That's how he addressed those churches. In Revelation 19.11, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. So, hey, you know what? Truth judges and truth can wage war. Uh, but Jesus also said he is the light. John 5, 21, 25, and 29. Uh, For just as the Father raises the dead, he gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. 25, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. 26, for just as a father has life in himself, even so he gave to the son also to have life in himself. 
27, and he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Uh, do not marvel at that, for an hour is coming in which all the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth those who did the good deeds to resurrection of life and those who committed evil deeds to resurrection of judgment. John six thirty three fifty one fifty seven and 68, uh, verse 33. For the bread of life is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 51, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also, which I will also give to the life of the world, is flesh. 57, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also will live because of me. Uh, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he will also live because of me. I think I just read that. 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. Now, let me pause and remark on that. Of course, Jesus, this is kind of compressing uh, Jesus' sermon uh, about the bread from heaven. And, you know, the the thing here is uh, clearly Christians understand that his body and blood uh, are uh, life. Uh, we we receive life because of what he gives us. We commune with him when we partake in that. But here's what the world doesn't know or even understand, is the world also receives life because of the life that Jesus gives to the world. They just reject it. They don't understand that every breath they take and every morsel of food they eat is only because of the grace uh, and life-giving power of Christ. And so this is why the, the world who rejects him will be judged and uh, feel the wrath of God and be condemned righteously so because they have been given so much at the cost that Christ paid, uh, and they refuse to admit that as they rack up that credit card debt in the sky. <laughs> Uh, John ten twenty eight to continue on here. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hands. So those are believers. Uh, we receive life from Christ that no one can snatch away. John 17, 2 and 3. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In Romans 5.21, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Colossians 3.4, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. 1 John 5, 11 and 12. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. Who, he who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. Uh, now, Jesus also said that no one comes to the Father but through me, as he's speaking these words to to Thomas and the disciples. 
And this is also found through Scripture, uh, John 10, uh, 7, and 9. So Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out if I am pasture. We've heard that verse at least three times just in our reading today to refer to uh, Acts 4.12. And there is salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that which has been given among men by which we must be saved. There's another repeat important stuff when it stops repeating. First <laughs> uh, Peter 3.18, For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. In First John 2.23, Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. There's another repeat reference verse for us. Revelation is 20.15, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Well, let me pause there since that's our last reference point. And people think God has a big card in the sky, and if I get 51 goodie points and 49 brownie points, I'm in. No, if you don't have Jesus, you don't get in. But those 51 brownie points against your 49 bad points, that's your position in the lake of fire. Uh, that's what that means. Here you have the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And when he said, I am the way, it's the article in the Greek, and it's an adjective. And when he said he's the way, he means that he's not a way shower, but that he is personally the way. And it's just as simple as this. It answers the question. A church can never bring you to God. A ceremony can never bring you to God. Only Christ can bring you to God. And either you have Christ or you don't have him. Either you trust him or you don't trust him. He says, I'm the way. When he said, I'm the truth, he didn't say, I tell the truth, although he did that. He says, I'm the Bureau of Standards for Truth. I'm the touchstone of truth. And he says, I'm the life. And when he said, I'm the life. He didn't say, I'm merely alive. He's the source, the origin of life. Everything that has life from the lowest vegetable plane to the highest spiritual plane draws life from him. And then he says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And he made a dead-end street, friends, out of all the cults and isms of Southern California. And he says, the only way that'll get you to God is through Christ. No man can come to the Father except through Christ. Now, this is a dogmatic statement. Years ago, a student out at UCLA said to me, I don't like the Bible because it's filled with dogmatism. And I agreed with him. I said, it sure is. But I said specifically, what do you have reference to? And he mentioned this verse here. He says, that's dogmatic. I said, it sure is. But I said, you know, it's characteristic of truth to be dogmatic. I use the illustration, two plus two equal four. I had a teacher in school. She was the most dogmatic, narrow-minded person I've ever met. She insisted that under all circumstances and conditions, two plus two equal four, and it didn't make any difference. What you had two of, it had always come out four. And I have never had that proven to me, but she was dogmatic about it. 
But I found out that the bank I do business with uses the same system. Only in my case, it's 2 minus 2 equals 0, but it's the same principle. And they're dogmatic about it. Friends, let me say to you, one of the characteristics of truth is it's dogmatic. Now, not all dogmatism is truth, because there's a lot of ignorance that's dogmatism. But my friend, here, you have that which is truth. And it's dogmatic. It has to be dogmatic. When I ask directions to get to a certain place and a man hesitates, I don't want to listen to him. But if another man there says, oh, yes, this is the way, and I say to him, are you sure? And he says, am I sure? I know. Then I'm very happy to follow his directions. And I said to this young man, I said, you know, millions of people for 1,900 years have been coming to this person on the basis of this statement here. And they found out that it's accurate, that it brings you to heaven. And I said, since truth is dogmatic, and you agree this is dogmatic, why don't you try it? He says, you're not going to get to heaven except through him. Why not come through him and make sure? And friend, today, do you have him? Is Christ your Savior today? Are you trusting him? as your personal Savior, and nothing else, because he alone can save. He alone will save. And all he asks you to do is to come to him. And friends, you either trust him this morning or you don't trust him. And if you do trust him, you're saved. And if you don't, you're not saved. It's that simple. It's that clear. And friends, it's that dogmatic. Verse 7, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Now, where Jesus is saying, if you had known me, you would have known my father, also appears in the scripture in John 1.18. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten who is in the bosom of the father. He has explained him. So this is another way of saying that only Jesus who is in the bosom of the Father now, has seen Now, John eight nineteen. so they were saying to him, So where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. So again, knowing one is to know the other. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been handed over to me by my father, and no one knows the son except the father, nor does anyone know the father except the son and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal to Second Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Colossians 1, 15, 1, 7. Uh, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. 16, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or authorities. All things have been created for him and to him. 17, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Hebrews 1, 3, and he is the radiance of the glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That kind of for itself. Let's see. Where Jesus says, from now on, you have known him and have seen him. We can also refer 
refer to John 6, 13, 1 through 6. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take of mine and disclose it to you. Uh, all things of 15, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. A little while, and you will no longer see me. In a little while, you will see me. Uh, moving to John 17, 6, uh, 8, and 26. I have manifested your name to the men who you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. For the word which you gave me I have given to them, and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. And I have made your name known to them, and will make it known, so that the love which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Verse 7, if you had known me, you should have known my father also, and from henceforth you know him, and have seen him. Now, as we suggested before, those men are frightened there in the upper room, and another man is going to interrupt him now. Verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Did you know that Striving Fraternity provides speakers and seminars that we would come to your church and disciple your people? We have seminars on the Bible interpretation made easy, creation science, evangelism, presuppositional apologetics, even on sexual abuse. These are just some of the many things that we could provide for your church. Consider inviting one of our speakers to your church. You can contact us at speaker at strivingforeternity.org. Logic exists for the sake of love. Reasoning exists for the sake of rejoicing. Doctrine exists for the sake of delight. Knowing the truth is the basis of admiring the truth. Both thinking and feeling are essential. They are not coordinate. All right, good evening, folks. This is George Emmert. And this is Lance Phelps. We are Dive Deep. Yes, we are. Back for another exciting episode. Oh, right? yeah. Exciting Always indeed. Epi- yes, in- indeed. Welcome back to The Christian Rebel, and I am your host, Brett Collier. On The Christian Rebel Podcast, we follow the teachings that is found in Romans twelve two. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. By not conforming to this world, we essentially are rebelling against the world and conforming with Christ. Be a rebel and follow Jesus. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe and share with everyone you know. If you would like to support this ministry, please visit www.christianrebelpodcast.com and click on the donate button. And if you are a Christian business owner and you would like to sponsor us, just click on the contact button and send us a message for details. Again, thank you for listening, and until next time, keep the faith. All right. Well, that was kind of an awkward place to stop, but hey, we already kind of went uh, fairly long with just uh, those handful of verses from verse four through seven. I only included that 
last verse uh, eight, just because Jay Vernon McGee mentioned there was an important question, but to get the answer and, and more comments on that particular question, you will have to return next time to uh, dig into the Bible uh, deeper once again as we uh, do our Truth Exposed series. Uh, but hey, next week we should be returning to a, a theme of love for the month of June. We'll have to see. Uh, I got a couple paths, uh, directions I could go. We'll have to see how it plays out with scheduling. Can we get Nathan Gowell back in here or not? Uh, and uh, we'll take it from there. I do have a couple of things uh, planned out for uh, next month and um, possibly somewhere in the mix, maybe even another uh, audio drama. So, hey, stay tuned and see how things unfold. And then with all that, I don't really have much more to say other than it's time to sign off. So, hey, this is your host, Keith, saying signing off. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend about us. That's how we grow our audience the most. But, hey, while you're out there prowling around the interwebs and you're visiting your favorite podcast directories, leave us a rating and review at your uh, favorite place, iTunes or Google or some other place where you might find us. You can visit our website, uh, life-truth.com. Leave us a comment. Send us an email right there from the webpage. You can even listen to the show. With all that, here's Anthony Russo to give you all those details to uh, contact us and follow us. Uh, So take it away. And once again, thanks for listening. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast, capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music on the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need and if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.